You're listening to Radio Free Edville. It's Edville on the radio for free. I'm Roy Thomas Padgham, and this is your Edville Gazette for Friday, October 16th. Trick-or-treaters spooked by COVID-19. Anti-cavity activists urge permanent post-pandemic ban by Edna Farmer. Edville. Well, everyone's pretty jumpy about Halloween this year, or at least the ghosts and ghouls part, where packs of kids squeeze into doorways, extorting goodies from adults. Conventional trick-or-treating is the opposite of social distancing. There's no getting around it. Some communities are offering virtual Halloweens, and experts of all kinds are offering sage advice on safe and wholesome substitutes. We'll see if all the noise about diverting kids' energies into colouring contests and lawn decorating will appease them. I have my doubts. For most kids, Halloween is about the big score. Pillowcases full of junk food your parents would never let you stockpile at any other time of the year. When I was a wee girl, we used to say that Halloween would see you through to Christmas, if you're willing to put in the effort. That nice Dr. Tam is back and giving us her best advice on managing kids, candy and Covid. There's some really interesting ideas where people are handing out treats at the end of a hockey stick or something, she says. I can imagine that Dr. Tam would really prefer to embargo Halloween this year. And for all anyone knows, that nice Mr. Ford might end up calling the whole thing off. But for now, we're adapting. And that's as it should be. You don't hear much anymore about banning Halloween for its paganism, or razor blades and apples, or threats to private property. Not like in the old days when vandalism and even arson were regular occurrences. I can remember when darkening your house meant you were going to spend the weekend washing eggs and toilet paper off your windows, by golly. But those days are done. The biggest threat to Halloween in recent years has been the big score itself. In an era when the first rule of parenting is no sugar, it's easy to imagine adults concocting healthy new Halloween traditions and kids losing the will to mutiny. However it shakes out, Halloween 2020 will be one for the record books. The one day on the fall calendar when the kids didn't have to wear masks. Opinion. Farmer. On the etiquette of closing up the cottage. By Edna Farmer. Edville. Well, Thanksgiving has come and gone, and out here in God's country, it has been accompanied, as always, by a mass exodus of city folk. In some families, closing the cottage is an annual ritual evoking ancient rites of dog lifting and boat storing, when cold lakes are bested by hot coffee and hip waders, and apocryphal tales of autumn's past are recounted in reverent and sometimes raucous tones. For other cottages, though, Thanksgiving marks a different milestone, the day when they get to park their houseboats and jet skis and all the other detritus of cottage life on their front lawns, reminding their year-round neighbours that they don't care a whit about the appearance of the neighbourhood once they've bugged out for the winter. So here are a few tips for all you city folk who would not for a moment abide at home the visual blight you so casually leave in your wake every autumn. Have a yard sale and get rid of all that junk that's been piling up around your place for decades, including all those broken-down Muskoka chairs and rail ties and leaky rain barrels. 
Consider completing all of your half-finished handyman mega-projects, or at least storing all those scattered piles of shingles, cinder blocks and 2x4s inside one of them. Never ever leave a toilet on your front lawn, even if you think it makes a lovely planter. And if you're going to leave behind that vintage truck or motorcycle you've been tinkering with for years, have the decency to leave the keys handy so enterprising local thieves don't have to vandalise it when they steal it, fix it up and sell it online. Badger. Gee, I wonder why Canadians drive those awful SUVs. By Dick Badger. Edville. Well, last week, Ottawa and Queen's Park handed $590 million to Ford Canada to encourage the building of electric vehicles in Oakville. I read encourage here to mean the same thing as when I encourage my kid to get his ass out of bed at noon. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But it won't cost me half a million bucks to find out. So the feds and their media poodles are once again pushing battery-powered cars on Canadians like there's no tomorrow, which is a version of the future many of them actually seem to believe, come to think of it. And since everyone knows it's still a struggle to persuade consumers to buy EVs, as one news report admits, I'm guessing we're all going to be asked to subsidise them on the back end too. Now, I'm no economist, but does it make any fucking sense for the government to bribe one bunch of Canadians to build some gizmos and another bunch to buy them? Last time we subsidised EVs, a few years back, most of the cash went straight into the pockets of rich city folk. But the official thinking now seems to be that the rest of us can also be incentivized to abandon our gas guzzlers, if not by dangling fat subsidies and talking all scary about emissions, then by jacking up carbon taxes. Well, anyone who thinks this strategy is going to win over ordinary Canadians needs to wake up and smell the gasoline. It's not going to happen. And it's not just because Canadians have boatloads of crude oil and a keen eye for snake oil. It's because all these EV boosters, who think they can push Canadians to think like Europeans, as one of them said recently, are living in the wrong country. Why do Canadians drive those awful SUVs? Because you can't haul six kids and all their hockey gear from the Sioux to Thunder Bay in an EV in winter. That's it. End of story. Canada. Canadian Border Authorities Crack Down on Lettuce by Janelle Blinkpunk. Who and what is permitted to cross the border from the United States got a lot murkier this week when the Canadian Food Inspection Agency imposed a temporary sampling and testing requirement for some California lettuce imports. Canadian agriculture and immigration officials were at pains to point out that the new sample and test regs apply only to fruits and veggies and not to higher orders of flora and fauna, including humans. Non-essential land-based travel between Canada and the United States remains strictly prohibited. However much it might limit COVID transmission, this border policy has the advantage of allowing only the wealthiest and most important Canadians and Americans, those who can afford to fly commercially, to visit one another, leaving ordinary citizens stranded, lonely and furious any time they spot vehicles with foreign license plates on their streets. The question 
of how the new lettuce regulations will affect the availability and cost of Caesar salads is now the subject of a major international study. World, Bavarian posties red-faced by Hedy Bunt. Well, it appears that better late than never should be the motto of the Bavarian Postal Service. A postcard sent from Rome in 1969 finally showed up in Bavaria more than 50 years later. After languishing in the Deutsche Post dead letter mail archive for more than half a century, it was delivered to Munsterschwarz Abbey. Apparently Hildegard, the sender, had made an error in the address baffling the literal-minded Teutonic postal workers. But seriously, what's the big deal? asks my husband, Herr Bunt. Your postcards usually arrive weeks after we've returned from vacation. Then again, waiting five decades to read Wish You Were Here seems a bit over the top. So maybe POTUS is right to be concerned about all those mail-in ballots, he muses. After all, neither he nor that other old guy have 50 years between them to wait for election results. Barrier systems erected in Venice, molta confusione ensues, by Missy Blinkpunk. Venice. To ensure sustainability at this most elegant and enchanting of tourist destinations, Italian officials have approved the introduction of temporary barriers to manage tourist flows and flooding. In recent years, Venice has experienced inundations of both varieties, natural and human, producing daunting engineering challenges. According to the Italian press, these projects have for years been plagued by corruption, cost overruns and prolonged delays. The pandemic crisis has only exacerbated the situation, since Venice is today mostly bereft of the travellers who normally pile into the city, like so much cord wood. So it comes as no great shock to non-Italians that the barrier system designed for the tourists has inadvertently been installed where the flood barricades should be, and vice versa. At first, embarrassed Italian officials were hopeful that no one would notice. The large yellow blocks intended for use in the Venice Lagoon were installed at the city's various street entrances, where they proved extremely effective in preventing tourists from entering. But alas, the turnstiles designed to regulate the flow of tourists have proved ineffective as barriers to rising floodwaters. Without question, this blunder represents a black mark on Italy's peerless reputation for engineering excellence. Oh no, wait. It's Germany that has that reputation. Scratch that. Never mind. Just one cornetto, keep it to me. Mainstreaming Mummies by Hugo Blue. Sakura. Archaeologists balk at superstition, live streaming the opening of an ancient sarcophagus sealed 2,600 years ago containing the body of a priest. The sarcophagus is the first of 59 coffins to be opened. The entire collection was recently discovered in Sakura, along with a sealed door where even more mummies are believed to lay entombed. Hey, uh, archaeologists, maybe don't crack open the ancient priest just yet. 2020's been a bit rough, what with the pandemic and all. Let's not add Egyptian curses into the mix. I know, I know, science and discovery and all that. But we all know how this story goes. 
ask Howard Carter, who discovered the tomb of King Tut. It's been two and a half millennia, so the priest will keep for another 360 days. Definitely do not open that sealed door. We are going to die! I'm Roy Thomas Padger, and this has been your Edfield Gazette for Friday, October 16th. Join us again next week.